Hey, I'm Camp Director Mookie. When camp started, I was looking forward to a drama-free summer of fun and adventure. But then... The moment I laid my eyes on it, I thought, was this a turn of a, of a great moose? With my trusty iPhone recorder in hand, I set out to unearth what was really going on. Welcome to my investigation. This is Summer Camp. After leaving a message, you can hang up or press pound for more options. This could be big. Call me back. Bye. I encouraged him to do it. <laughs> you did. I was with him while he did it. No, you I weren't. kept guard. <gasps> this turd. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have eye black. War paint. I have oh, but the war yes. paint is the raccoon's blood. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's still in here? And I got an axe fireball to the face, followed by water balloons. What was the smell in the air like that night? Um, there was love in the air, that's for sure. I'm just trying to figure out. I have to quickly explain, like, no, 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 my golf cart is also stolen. I don't know where that is. Never give in. Never surrender. Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper, is a true crime podcast presented by the Sonar Podcast Network. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to this one time at summer camp a podcast about the magic of summer camp my name's nick and i'm here again with pete hello hello, hello. um as it's been lately you know it is the absolute crack of dawn for me and it's a balmy evening for pete in england i don't know if you can call 8 a.m the uh, crack of dawn absolute crack of dawn you know, I've got a coffee in my hand, Pete's got a beer, you know, we're just living in opposite worlds. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's not a beer, but he's drinking so, it in a pint glass, and it's like amber-coloured. Peach squash, if you must know. Peach squash. Does that come in a bottle? Robinson's Fruit and Barley. Yeah. Don't get much more English than that. Classic. It's a classic. It's a, it's a Wimbledon drink. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. But. I don't either. I don't either. Someone yeah. <laughs> does, though. Well, on this crack of dawn morning and evening for you, uh, today we're going to be talking about... We'll be talking about... We're talking about cleanest cabin or you know cleanliness at camp cleaning up clean i'm trying to think what other places would call it but yeah i can't think of anything other than cleanest cabin basically we're going to talk about the process in which cabins are cleaned at camp and then they are judged by other people at camp I know we're not the only camp to do this, but I do understand that a lot of camps don't do this. And I think that's insane because I think the cleanest cabin rating system 
was the only thing keeping chaos at bay. I don't see why you wouldn't do it, because the idea is, you know, you hand out a arbitrary award um, at the end of the week or summer or whatever um, to whoever was the cleanest, and it just encourages you to stay clean rather than doing one big clean at the end. So I, like, obviously first interacted with Cleaner's Cabin as a counsellor, and you know you get told that you have to do all of these things every morning and you do them um it is very difficult to make eight-year-olds clean a cabin effectively yeah it really really is funnily enough that's not the first thing they want to do in the morning that's the thing as well is you know much like it is the crack of dawn for me right now um at our camp Cleaning the cabin is the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up. And so you have to get these kids up. You have one hour to wake the kids up and then get them to clean the cabin before breakfast. And that is a task. And again, for the younger kids, some of these kids can't even tie their own shoelaces. You know, how are you going to get them to make their bed? It's just not going to happen. A lot of kids have probably never made a bed before in their entire life. I'm going to out myself here. I'm pretty sure when I was eight years old, I was sleeping in a sleeping bag. So, like, I was not making my bed. <laughs> uh, I think my mum would change the, like, bottom sheet every, like, once in a while. And I was just in a sleeping bag, which... Notably, you don't have to make a sleeping bag. It's just a sleeping bag, which I think is pretty good techers, like pretty good technique, you know? I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) (laughs) Every day was like camping. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, You know, I like to stretch out as much as possible. Um, And you can't do that in a sleeping bag. Well, you know, you're 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 a tall guy, Pete. You're a tall guy. You've got a lot of limbs. Yeah, I wasn't always, but um, <laughs> I was in fact I'm, a child once. Honestly, I'm I'm speechless. I, I don't know what to. <laughs> I don't realize this is such a bombshell that I slept in a sleeping bag. <laughs> How many years, do you reckon? Uh. I reckon I only stopped sleeping in a sleeping bag when I was like nine or ten. Mm. So, I don't know. Apparently, so like a couple of years. No, it was probably like six, five or six years. Mm. Surely, I'm not the only one. If you're a listener and you're you think that's fine and you did that too, just you know, send us an email, confirm my bias. I don't think our sample size is large enough to have someone else so niche. I don't think that's niche. I think you're niche. <laughs> <laughs> um Um Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. A lot of people have never made a bed in their life. Um, you know, either their mums do it. They just don't do it, or, you know, like me, they're in a sleeping bag. I guess what I'm kind of getting at and outing myself um, 
for something that I dislike is my first summer I would just kind of basically clean the cabin for the kids. Like mm. I would try and get them to do some stuff. It was one of those things where it was made out to be that you were a good counsellor if you had a clean cabin and you were a bad counsellor if you had an unclean cabin. So I would just do the majority of the cleaning and get the kids to help. Um, which isn't the point. It's not the point. I think it is better to have a, a less clean cabin that the campers have actually done themselves than the cleanest cabin that the counsellors have just done for the kids. I mean, obviously, you want to help the kids clean, you know, like, again, a lot of people don't even know how to make a bed. if Or if they do know how to make a bed, they're, they're not meeting the rigorous standards that the cleanest cabin, you know, sets up. Um, so it's fine to, like, help them out. Because my first boy's head counsellor was, like, went to military school for a while. So really hot on tucked corners. Actually, very funny. Um, that um, that Simpsons thing where Marge bounces a dime off the sheet and it like flings into the ceiling like it's that taut. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we had the same head boys counsellor um, for our first few years. And he was so hot on Cleaner's Cabin. Like He was the kind of guy that made it his personality because he was, you know, former military kid and i remember every time he had a boys meeting where he had all the boys together talking about the week ahead he would always just be like clean those cabins guys you gotta have those cabins clean and i remember every time he would just he would talk about the blinds for like a minute (laughs) like every week every year he would spend an amount of time talking about the blinds and sometimes when I go to sleep at night, like I can close my eyes and I still picture him doing the motion of twisting blinds and being like, <laughs> you just got to twist those blinds and let just, just let the sun come through. You know, the sun, the, the sunlight's going to kill all that bacteria and just make it such a much cleaner environment. Guys, I want to see those blinds twisted. And if you forgot to twist the blinds, You'd have like a piece of paper just being like, blinds! <laughs> yeah, everything was ranked out of 10, right? There were like a bunch of different categories. Blinds and AC unit was one of them. Um, bunks, floors, uh, bathrooms, sinks, porch, whatever. Um, but yeah, if you left your blinds down, zero. Zero out of 10, immediately. I mean, what's the scale from 1 to 10 on having blinds open and closed? Yeah. It's a pretty binary option. You got them half down, that's a 5. Yeah. You start <laughs> measuring it to find the ratio of a... Ah, uh, 7 tenth opens. That's a 7. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is funny, though. Um, our camp, we have like a like a military week where it's military kids at camp. And boy, that's that's some nicely made beds that week. Yeah, cleaning is, is a lot easier uh, when you have kids from a military background. You know, and when you're like, guys, this cabin's going to be clean. Like, they know what you're talking about. 
so my second summer, I got some kind of life-changing advice from a camp counsellor, like a old old-time camp counsellor, been there a long time. And that person's advice was basically, screw cleaners, Gavin. Because ultimately, you're not gonna, you're not actually gonna get in trouble if you don't clean. Like just just clean at the end of the week, so you know you can go on time off once you've like fully cleaned your cabin or whatever. But wake up late, wake up half an hour later. Do do the bare minimum to not get in trouble. That is and, 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 some spicy kids, advice. Yeah, unless your kids are like desperate to win the award, like they really really want it. And yeah, so his advice was just ask them at the start of the week, do you really want to win it? And if they're like not really bothered, just kind of take the hit, get bad scores, enjoy the extra sleep. I mean, sleep is a commodity that you could trade for gold at camp. Um, due to a severe lack of and to have gone to sleep late or to be running on like six hours a night seven days a week and to have to wake up that hour early to be cleaning your cabin just doesn't feel worth it so I, I totally vibe with that but you do you get weeks where you've got a cabin of kids who have been at camp before and they come in or at least a couple of kids come in and they're like Last year, we won the cleanest cabin. This year, we want to win it again. Like, Nick, can we please, like, have the cleanest cabin? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> of course. Of course you can have the cleanest cabin. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> but I maintain that if you've got the youngest kids and you're getting cleanest cabin, the counselors are doing the cleaning, 100%. Yeah. Um, if, if you're marking all of them the same, which should you there, there's a ethical moral quandary you know that was my job and i never thought about that <laughs> i did think about it and i decided to just uh be a bit of a dick about it <laughs> i mean if you've got the youngest kids they are not the cleanest they don't know how to clean they don't want to clean if you've got the older kids they don't care like, you know, you take a 15, 16-year-old and you go, yeah, we'll give you a piece of paper that says your heap's clean if you are the tidiest cabin for a week. Yeah. Again, they don't care. But it's, it's those middle boys or and, and girls, those middle kids who are at that level where they still think camp is cool, but they're also ultra-competitive. And it just becomes like a personal slight to not win. Yeah. Have you ever had it where the cabin is like 100% clean and you're going for it and like one kid has just left a corner of their bed untucked and the whole rest of the cabin is just hates them? Yeah. <laughs> like of all things to be bullied about is, dude, you didn't tuck the side of your bed. Or um, a classic is like, because you had to have empty trash cans underneath the sink. Um, someone's like, use some paper towel and put it in the bin after the bins have already been emptied. And then they're like, ah, no. <laughs> oh, 
Honestly, sometimes I get to step away from, I mean, if you've seen like Full Metal Jacket, um, there's a guy who keeps messing it up for everyone and they punish everyone every time this guy mess, messes up. So everyone fills mm. the pillowcases with bars of soap and just like smacks <laughs> just them in the night. both got to be in the position to mark yeah cleaner's cabin at some point you and i were both head boy of our respective camps so that that was both of our jobs not at the same time at different times did um, you enjoy getting to market i it was the best part of my day to judge people i loved it uh you did it before i did so tell me about mm. your experience marking cabins I would say there was a big difference between kind of the start of the summer and the end of the summer, of my first summer. Because at the start, I was like carrying this tradition from the previous boy's head who was that, you know, military kid. So I thought I had to be really strict like he did. So definitely for the first few weeks, I was really strict and like barely anyone ever got all tens and then as the summer progressed I realized I don't care that much actually <laughs> I was just doing it because the previous person did and you know there are so many more important facets to my job of all the things that I'm responsible for I reckon marking cleanest cabin is down at the bottom like old, and, and Absolutely. It, it took me a while to realize that. I remember one counselor. I think this was my second summer, and I cared way less at that point. One counselor was like, "Ah, oh, you know, we're, we're not getting tens, but we don't really know why we're not getting tens. And um, could you like write feedback on the sheets so we know how to improve for next time?" This was like during a meeting with all the boy staff, and I was like, "I really don't care that much." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> You know, if if I've got a crying kid or I've got a kid's bedding to wash or any other issue is, is going to trump that. So it became uh, a challenge of how quickly I could do it. Some some weeks, some weeks I would have more time and I would spend a bit more time doing it. But often I just fly through. Uh, it was a bit different for myself. When Pete was the head boy, there was just one head boy. So Pete had the responsibility of taking care of everything on the boys' side of camp. Whereas when I did it, uh, we had moved the role to uh, a head boy and a boys' chief. Director and chief. Boys' head, boys' chief, yeah. boys' chef. So I was boys' chief. I wasn't the boys' head. So, you know... What would, what would, I don't know, the secretary to the boy's head? Vice. The this the assistant of? Vice boy. Vice boy. Like, like uh, vice I was vice boy. boy. And so the, the, the boy's head, uh, he was real stickler. Like he was such a clean freak and he was so on everything. 
And the first few times we would go through together and he was literally like running his finger along the top of like surfaces and being like, ah, dust, mark them down. (laughs) And just absolutely terrorizing these cabins and just scrutinizing everything about them. And I would come along and give half as many fucks as he would. But because I'm with him, I'd have to be like, "Mm, yes, yes, very bad corners not tucked in. Mm-hmm. Right, because if if you decide to mark like half and half, you would be rating them way higher than he would, right? Absolutely, absolutely. But about, I don't know, a few weeks in, he was like, hey, you know, it seems pretty inefficient that we both do this. And I was like, absolutely, absolutely that's inefficient. You should just let me do it because, you know, I'm, you know, your assistant. And he was like, great, great. You can do it then. And that's, that, that was when the fun began because basically I've got like a, an hour long slot. He would give me like one hour to raid all the cabins and it's like a 10 minute job. (laughs) And I just had, took so, so much joy in it. Like I would literally just like kick in the door and just like walk around and just be like ah it's fine i have this checklist and i'm like just standing in the in the like doorway just judging the whole cabin just being like ah, i'm sure the bins are fine ah. <laughs> um, some weeks i would be like going for certain cabins and like again i'm just gonna admit right now every now and again i would sabotage a cabin <laughs> just because I didn't want them to win. Like um, <laughs> I remember there were some boys that were just so, so pedantic. Like I knew as a fact that the counselors were the ones cleaning the cabins mm-hmm. and the kids were just kind of like watching them. So I'm pretty sure I took like a shirt or something out of a bag and just put it on the floor <laughs> and then marked them down for it. Uh, it's so much fun when you stop caring about marking cleanest cabin, right? You just have a ball because I always found it was after breakfast you would have time to go and check the cabins because all the kids are at, at are at activities. And, you know, you've you've eaten breakfast, maybe you've had a coffee, and it's that kind of thirty minute mark after you've eaten breakfast and you're like, Well, time to use the facilities. Um <laughs> So I, I would just wait until I found the uncleanest cabin and be like well, I guess this is where I'm I'm doing my business. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually true. That is literally where I would um use the bathroom every day, it would be halfway through my run of um inspecting all the cabins. I would just do it in one of the cabins. <laughs> I can pretty confidently say I've pooped in every single toilet at camp. Even the girls' side? Yeah. Wow. Obviously when, you know, it was that, that was a weekend thing. Um, <laughs> you should get some kind of award for that. Um, our camp director's house pooped there. Yeah. I feel like you need more recognition than this. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing. This, is, this should have been a thing. 
I remember there was one week where I was marking, and the first half of the week, it was just me marking, and I'm just, I'd walk in, just be like, yep, tens all around, baby, and I'd go <laughs> on to the next one, and everyone was just getting like really like high marks, and uh, people were coming up to me being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you noticed how clean we've been, uh, we're trying really hard, I'm like, don't worry about it, nothing gets by me, <laughs> I'm, I'm paying attention. And then for the back half of the week, uh, the boy's head actually went along with me and was inspecting him. And cabins I'm giving 10 were just going plummeting down to like fours. Yeah. <laughs> and like everyone was just so upset. They, just, like, they thought they were killing it. And then a cabin that is equally as clean, if not cleaner than the day before, is getting like half the marks. It was just because I didn't care. Yeah. I'll tell you what, trick trick of the trade. I don't know if you ever did this. Because we would, uh, you know, add up the scores and whoever had the highest score would win the cleanest cabin. You would mark the cleanest cabin on, like, Friday morning and then the kids are leaving Saturday. Um, so you would take the sheet with you so they wouldn't know the overall scores and they wouldn't know who had won. I just never marked Friday. <laughs> Friday for me was get all of the pieces of paper out of the cabin as quickly as I can and not even bother checking. Because at that point, what, is, what does it matter? They don't know. They're never going <laughs> to see the scores and figure, hey, we should have gotten a 10 that day or it was a 2 that day and somehow we still won. I wouldn't even know. Just take the paper and run. Amazing. I should say as well, at Camp Tall Arrow, mm. there was, I'm pretty sure there was no cleanest cabin. I mean, I've talked about how Camp Tall Arrow was the Wild West compared to Camp Moose Pine, yeah. uh, but I can't even remember if there was an incentive to keep the cabins clean. Like, I feel like the only incentive was your boss might come in and yell at you. And I just don't know how, as much as I've kind of talked about how important checking how clean the cabins are, at a camp where we just didn't do it, we never sort of descended into complete pandemonium. The world kept spinning. See, I'm trying to think what the most important aspect of keeping the cabin clean is. And I would say it's probably food, right? Just making sure mm. there's no food on the ground or particularly and this is where it always gets is like underneath the mattresses, underneath the bunks, and like into the crevices. I don't know, they'll like jam M&Ms down the sides of the gaps of the bed. And that's like, if you want ants, that's how you get ants. Um, but also bed bugs too. Did you get many cases of bed bugs at Tall Arrow? Miraculously not, mm. but you know, it was um, very North Michigan. Oh, yeah. So, I don't Cold, know. Don't, it's very, very, very cold. So, I don't know if that affects it, but if I was a bug, I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how any living thing survives the winters there. How did Eminem make it out? <laughs> By hiding in the uh, crevices <laughs> of beds. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's cleaning your cabins. Uh, other honorable mentions is in the dining hall after meals. We did um, KP, Kitchen Patrol, where it was just basically um, we would play the Mission Impossible music <laughs> and you would have a certain amount of time to clean up the table you were on. And because, I don't know, because you're playing Mission Impossible music, it kind of made it a game. Yeah. And because, you know, you've got an hour to clean your cabin in the morning, you have like a minute and a half to clean your table. So that was just frantic. Just you just throwing cups at each other, being like, <laughs> get it out of here, get it out of here. And there's vacuum cleaners, but there's only a certain amount for the whole building. So yeah. you're just like racing around trying to get your hands on a vacuum cleaner and uh, it's it's chaos i mean just, that just is something kicking that we had at dirt over to arrow. kicking dirt over to other people's tables so <laughs> yours looks fine but theirs is dirty <laughs> and then again the boy's head has got to like come around and look under the tables and just be like this cabin's not clean and you get shamed in front of the whole camp i can see a grain of sand do it again <laughs> uh, i don't know how even cleaning, you know, we you turn that into just like a part of camp. You know, cleaning is just maintenance. It's just keeping things running as normal. But when you take that to a camp environment, suddenly it's an activity. So, suddenly it's fun. Suddenly it's something with like music and competition and repetitive nonsense. Yeah, I mean, playing the... Mission Impossible theme tune. That's that's an awesome way to get the kids going. You know, you know they're they're going to be so much more motivated. I was just thinking, what's the best possible song that you could play to uh, get them cleaning? And I was thinking of. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody's working for the weekend. No. Should I know that song? I don't think I know that song. You don't know working for the weekend. Maybe if I heard it, it might not uh, be... the, the original version and not the the Nick cover. I mean, I could play it on my phone right now. Do you know what I was thinking would be the best song? You know, um, the movie Shark Tale? <laughs> Playing Working at the Whale <laughs> Wash. Working at the Whale Wash. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be good, right? Should've... I should have had a playlist... You know, for all of this. Yeah. That would get them going. I mean, at some point, we should just do an episode about music at camp. Not like camp songs. Mm. Like music's place at camp. Because it seemed like there was a song for everything. And I mean, Yeah, and its role in yeah. Childish Gambino's seminal album, Camp. Hmm. I still haven't listened to that. <laughs> you only need you only need to listen to one track. I'll send you that one track. It's called that that okay, power. Send me that one track. I mentioned it on one of the other episodes recently. I think you've mis- mentioned it on a few episodes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So there's what we had was KP. You're cleaning the dining hall after every meal, and I think at the on the last day of camp before the parents came to pick up the kids we would get everyone every cabin to funnel out across camp 
and just pick up as much trash as they could mm. as a last-ditch effort to make the camp look nice before all the parents got there as well. Again, I'm like, it's a genius system. Probably, I, I wouldn't be surprised if most camps just have someone that comes through and cleans everything for them. I mean, obviously, we had cleaning staff. But we, you know, we used a lot of child labor for that. It's a good collective responsibility task, you know? Um, many hands make light work. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And leave no trace. Again, there's a lot of kids. There's a lot of kids who have never cleaned before in their life, which is just insane. But it is a reality. Like they just are never made to clean it. Can't like clean at home, and they get there and they just kick up such a fuss. And then by the end of the week, they're kind of finding something rewarding about it, which is just shocking. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, the act of picking up rubbish, I think, makes one less likely to drop it in the first place. Yeah, I keep coming back between like, you know, it doesn't matter about how clean things are to going, it's very important. I think I've changed my opinion like 12 times through this um, podcast. It teaches responsibility and some level of discipline. Respect for one's surroundings. Respect for one's surrounding. Pea sheets. Do you want to talk about pea sheets? Because mm. that was a big part. Of, let's talk about that, that. That was a let's talk about that was it. a big part of cleanest cabin. Is uh, we would get every counselor to check every bed in the morning. So once the kids are out on the porch, someone would quickly pop back into the cabin and do the do the old swipe test. Just kind of run their hand over the bed and check to make sure it was uh, dry. And then if it wasn't, they would come to breakfast and tell, you know, the, the boys' head counsellor. And then... Would they wash their hands first or...? They would walk up, give me a little high five, and then be like, hey, smell your hand. And I'd be like, okay, what cabin are you in? And then I would, uh, yeah, go and... Here's an interesting observation. Maybe it's not interesting. You can tell me uh, if it's not. But I think the more summers or the more weeks I had to do pea sheets, the lower my tolerance became. I think I became more susceptible to the smell of urine over time to the point where I would, after my second summer towards the end, I would be almost retching. Sorry, this isn't... I hope you're not eating dinner at this point and listening to this podcast. But yeah, I got way more vulnerable. It was my kryptonite in the end. You've told me this before, and I just think generally people build a tolerance to things they spend a lot of time with, you know? Like surgeons don't get more icky about blood the more surgeries they do. Mm. I guess... That smell, you know, it just doesn't get any better. I mean, what kills you, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Works for some things, but it doesn't work for everything. Lead, mercury, radioactive materials. Those definitely... Pee? Yeah. (laughs) Urine. I wonder how Bear Grylls is going, because if that dude's anything like me, he, he, he hasn't got long left. Oh, man. 
uh, for anyone who doesn't know, the man drank his own pee out of a snake. Which, I don't know, even if you're listening to this, just stop it right now and just Google Bear Grylls drinks pee out of a snake. Because, whew. Sorry, uh, like, I know he drank his own urine. He did it out of a snake. Yeah, he peed into a snake. <laughs> like, it was a dead snake. It could have at least you know? been, like, like a hydro like, flask or something. <laughs> you know? It was, like, Analogy. the skin of a snake. And oh. he filled it up with pee and then drank urine out of it. So, like, extra flavor. I think ever since we did the episode on um, maintenance people... Our um, toilet humour has just gone through the roof. Sorry, I'm just thinking, uh, coming to you this summer, the all-new flavour of Four loco, snake piss. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Right there after watermelon. Get slithery slaughtered. I don't know. Um, you know, so, again, nothing but tangents. <clears throat> on this episode but we are not the only podcast about camp i'm afraid to say there is others and (laughs) i may or may not have listened to some of the other ones and i would say we are the most uh adult podcast i've listened to I think we're the only one, we're the only people who talk about camp and swear. <laughs> There's a reason we uh, mark all these episodes as explicit. It is true, because I don't know, I think a lot of camp people, you know, they're used to being around kids, they're used to working with kids and whatnot, so they kind of tone everything to that G-rated general audience sort of vibe but i'm like this podcast is you know for the counselor i mean great that a lot of kids do listen i guess or some do listen but camps camps are gross sometimes camps are funny sometimes adult things sometimes happen at camp and i'm glad we've got a podcast where we can swear and talk about poop and it's all fine i agree pee pee poo poo but pete is there anything clean you would like to talk about some clean clean wisdom then let's take off to the wisdom zone (laughs) the wisdom zone the wisdom wisdom zone. zone the wisdom zone There comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. Desmond Tutu. What a guy. That's a good one. That is a good one. It's better than live, laugh, love. Uh, I reckon reckon gold. I reckon that's why they're going in the river. And if that's the case, I'm going in too. Pull me out, Pete. I'm going in. You talking liquid gold? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, like gold at the bottom of the riverbeds. Oh, I thought you were <laughs> fishing for piss. <laughs> now you're just being gross. I'm sorry, I feel bad. I mean, this is this is a true fact about <laughs> me. Um, 
gold prospecting actually runs in my family. Can you do your old-timey gold prospector voice? Gold! (laughs) That's the one. That's the one I was thinking of. I love gold! You and the dragon Smaug was from the south of America. He's from Georgia. My armor is iron. No blade can pierce me. My armor is iron. No blade can pierce me. Because I love gold (laughs) and I'm a dragon. Yeah, perfect. Excellent. I'm so glad we could have a Smaug section in our (laughs) podcast episode about cleaning a cabin. He, uh... Yeah, very messy pup, that smell. Did not organise his gold. It was an absolute nightmare to find the Arkenstone. Yeah, someone would go into there and just be like, oh, I'm going to give him a one, because at least it's shiny. Bro did not open any of them blinds. His blinds were closed. You you just go twist them blinds. I wish, you know... In my mind, the, the twist the blinds always comes with acting out twisting blinds. That's just like a core memory for me, is this guy just going, just, just, just twist the blinds, just twist the blinds. Let, that, let the light in. Just kills, kills all that bacteria. Fun fact, actually, though. I'm such a blinds like stickler now. Like I'm always, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, <gasps> open the blinds, open the blinds. It kills the bacteria. <laughs> like from doing that, like every day at camp, I now am perpetually going around, like opening windows, being like, "You gotta, you gotta kill the bacteria." Like there's a guy who lives in my house who never ever opened his blinds, and like sometimes when he would leave, I would go in and open his blinds. <laughs> just gotta kill those jams, and then like. You know, and then go back in and like close them again before he got home, <laughs> so we wouldn't know. <laughs> oh. Should have just left a clean right. cabin sheet in there. Just start marking. <laughs> <laughs> the most passive-aggressive thing you could do. Oh man, I, I should get some of those sheets and just start leaving them in the bedrooms of my like. I definitely have a copy. I can <laughs> send you. Housemates. I'm just gonna go into my housemates' room and just like start raiding their rooms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a pretty good prank. Um, alright, so we've been going on for a while. It's time I think we <sighs> took off. If you'd like to contact us, uh send us an email, you can do that to our email at this one time at summer camp pod at gmail.com otherwise minus the gmail you can uh, find us on instagram by the same name listen to our other episodes Um, pete if you're going to recommend one episode if someone's just starting here where where, where should someone jump off from and don't say the start i reckon lying to kids is a is a banger I think that's a, that that's a, good a funny. One. Who doesn't like lying to children? 
All right. Well, listen to Lying to Children, and I'm going to recommend listen to Maintenance. Not a very sexy name, but it's a good episode. If you like toilet humor, <laughs> you're going to love Maintenance, the episode. Um, anyway, with that, a, thank you for tuning that's in. That's a good episode for you to plunge into. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Gold! Gold! I love gold! <laughs> I love summer camp! Okay, bye. Alright, bye.